Welcome to the STSA Church Podcast. Each week, we discuss relevant, thought-provoking topics that challenge us to understand our faith more personally and engage in it more practically. We aim to communicate the depth and riches of our ancient faith in simple and understandable ways that are relatable to the modern world. What we're going to do here, starting today, is we got a four-part series called Color Coded. And I am so excited about this series that I brought a special guest. And the guest, you may know her as Mary Ann. I, of course, know her as my best friend for the past 22 years. Thank you so much, okay? <laughs> because we are going to talk about some embarrassing stuff up here, so I needed a little bit of points to start us off here. But this is Mary Ann. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Mary Ann. Say hello to the nice people. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Let's turn the mic working? There we go, China. So happy to be here. Sorry. Sorry. Try now. Really happy to be here. (laughs) Um, A little bit about myself. Um, I'll just say one thing. So you all know Abuna, he always says if you tear him up, what his message is, is God is fun. That's like what really he's so passionate about. So for me, what I'm super passionate about is how we are all so different and you are like the most fulfilled and the most happiest when you are living who God made you to be, when you're living out exactly who you are and not trying to, to be anyone else. So I'm super excited about this series. Yeah, and, and the reason why I brought Marianne during this series, in case you're wondering, is because we're going to talk a sub- about a subject that has greatly impacted us together. Okay, and you can't know us without knowing the subject that we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about is something that we, it comes up in our home all the time. We talk about it on a regular basis, about how we're all wired uniquely and how God made us uniquely and about how that unique wiring impacts the way we communicate with one another. I think, Marianne, you'd agree it's affected our marriage, affected the way we raise our kids, affected the way, honestly, it affects us when we go out to dinner. When the waiter comes, we'll be like, oh, he's obviously this temperament or this whatever it may be. So it's impacted us in such a way. So that's why we wanted to, to share it here together. And the topic that we're going to talk about is based on a book that is called, I Said This, You Heard That. And as soon as I saw this book, okay, you know how some books, there's like a catchy title and then you need a subtitle? No subtitle needed on this book. Because we've all had a moment of, I said this and you heard that. We've all had a, a situation in life where we have said something, but the other person may have heard something a little bit different. And I was going to share a story, but I said, let me start Marianne off right here. Marianne, do we have a story to share about a time when someone said something, but the other person heard something a little bit different? We have several, but the one that we'll share is uh, when Michael was very little, we took an amazing vacation. We were in Sarasota. We had a great time. We spent the day at the beach, and we went out to dinner, and we each got our things. And I got a burger and fries. I have, for those of you who know me, you know I have this um, sickness almost that I derive a lot of pleasure from feeding people. Like it just gives me a lot of joy. (laughs) So I ate my burger and I had the fries and for whatever reason, they were the best fries I'd ever had in my entire life. They were so good. So I said to Abuna, do you want some fries? They're so good. He said, no. So then I said, I'm done. Do you want some fries? And he said, no, no, I'm good. I don't want the fries. So we just sat there for a while. I didn't touch the fries. 
And then I was like, you know what? Like, as we were walking out, I'm like, if he's not eating the fries, I'm going to eat the fries <laughs> because he's not eating them. So this turned into let your yes be yes and your no be no. You said you didn't want the fries. You ate the fries. It actually turned into a big deal. Um, and, and the reason is because Abuna, out of his deep love, is thinking, I have to be honest with him. If I want something, he wants to give me what I want. Um, but I, yeah. I so knew she wanted maybe, the fries. Maybe you can I knew interject. she wanted yeah. the fries. <laughs> I knew she wanted the fries. I knew she wanted the fries, and I wanted her to eat the fries. So what I'm saying is if you're not going to eat the fries, okay, I'll eat them, but don't make me eat them when I want you to eat them. And the reason why we tell this story, okay, she's very polite about it. She didn't, she made herself look, but yeah. The reason why we tell this story, the reason why we tell this story is because to this day, this was like 20 years ago. To this day, we still argue about who was right and who was wrong, okay? Because if you are on my side of the temperaments, you think she's wrong. She said she didn't want the fries. She ate the fries, cut her hand off. It, she doesn't deserve any of those French fries. But then if you're a nice person, you're thinking to yourself, what's the big deal? It's just a French fry. And that gets to the whole point of this series. The main point of this series is this, that even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. Again, even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. Her, I don't want any more fries, meant one thing to her, but it meant something else completely different to me. You can understand that sometimes the same word may mean something to someone, but to another person it can mean something different. And even forget about temperaments and unique wiring and diversity. Just look at it as, here we speak in America, we speak English. But if you go across the ocean to England, they speak English too. Same words, right? But the words don't all have the same meaning. Like if I say chips here, it means what? Potato chips. You say chips over there, it means? Marianne's French fries, okay? Would fall into the chips category. If I say football here, it means football, the right kind. You say football anywhere else, it means the wrong kind. One I learned on a trip to, on a trip to England not too long ago was the word pants. Do you know what the word pants means in England? It does not mean what it means here. Yeah, you add the word under in front of it. It means <laughs> underpants. So be careful if you go to England, you tell, especially if you're a man, you tell a lady, hey, I like your pants, okay? Where'd you get your pants from? Don't say it. It's going to get you in trouble. Just trust me, don't say the word pants. It means something different. <laughs> the same happens in communication here. We may be speaking the same language, but we may have completely, may, sorry, using the same words, but not, not speaking the same language. Like in our house, the words, for example, I'm ready now, means different <laughs> things to different people. <laughs> I'm going off script. I told you. I, I told her what I'm going, I'm sure what I, I'm going to say, but I added a little stuff here and there. So uh. one time, okay, this, uh, this one is in here. So this one you're prepared for. Is that on our, my, vet, my first birthday when we were married. We got married in May and my birthday is in August. So it was my first birthday and I was, you know, turning 25. So she wanted to do something nice for me and whatnot. We were newlyweds and, you know, newlyweds and stuff like that. So I said, she's like, yeah, let's do this, this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything. She's like, how about this? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything. How about this, this? I don't want to do anything. I just, I don't want to do anything. It was like a Tuesday night or whatever. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. She went that same day to the Christian bookstore to buy a card for me. While there, she ran into our priest. And it could have just ended as, nice to see you. Can I just say, <laughs> this, 
this is what happened. So I was looking at the cards, and I, my like eyes were at the lower level, and I go, a black robe. And I just kind of followed the black robe up with my eyes, and there's our priest. And he's like, Marianne, what are you doing here? So I said, I'm buying a Buna birthday card. Next thing I know, makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Next thing I know, I hear a knock at the door at 7 o'clock at night. There's the priest. There's his wife. There's a birthday cake, and it's tea and cookies with our priest. What I, I said, I don't want to do anything, but little did I know, something was planned for us. I told you we're going to have fun in this series. We're going to need the counseling when this thing is all done. The point is, the point is, agree with me now, serious now is that the problem in most relationships, the problem, in, and I, I don't want to just say marriages because it's marriages, but it's more. Oftentimes it's with parents with children or it's coworkers or it's friends or friends who used to be friends but no longer friends. Oftentimes it's not the issue that's the issue. It's the way that we communicate or truthfully the way we miscommunicate about it. And usually the fight is not about the issue, it's about the communication. Would you agree with that, Marianne? Definitely. I would say for us, you know, they say married couples fight about like um, money, in-laws, intimacy, all these things. And for us, we actually never fight about those issues. We've been very blessed because we have the same exact values. So we don't necessarily fight about the issues, but we were fighting, especially early on in our marriage for extensively. And it was really just about how we communicated. So definitely like show of hands. How many people have ever been in a fight and they didn't know what they were fighting about? Anyone ever been in that situation? Okay. I want to say keep your hands up if that happened in, this morning, but I won't okay, make <laughs> you say that. Okay. But that's so often the case is that the issue isn't the issue. And so often you're angry and you're hurt and you don't know why. Because you look at the issue and then even better, you explain the issue to someone. It's because he did this or she did this. And the other person's like, I don't get it. And it doesn't make sense when it comes out of your mouth. But the issue is not the issue. The issue is often the communication about it. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 is a very powerful verse. Repeat after me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Again, and I want to hear people in Leesburg saying this as well. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And those who love it will eat its In other words, what that says is those who figure out the power of the tongue and those who figure out that this tongue, the words that come out of this mouth, have the power of life and also have the power of death. Those are the ones who are going to eat the fruit of it. So what we're going to do here in this series, we're going to talk about the power of the tongue and how to communicate. And I want you to think of your tongue as a sword. And that sword is very powerful and can cause tremendous damage. That's why you don't give a sword to someone without first giving them training on how it's used and how to be careful. Consider this series that training on the power of our words and the power of how we communicate to either bring life or to bring death to those who are uh, listening to us. Because like I said, even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. What I'm talking about here, what we're going to talk about in this series is the subject of temperament. And some of you may have heard of this word before, what temperament is. Temperament is not the same as personality. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But each person in this room, each person created by God has a unique temperament. And that temperament colors the way we communicate. Now, when I say communicate, not just the way we speak, but also the way we hear. So our goal in this series 
is to understand the innate wiring that God put inside each one of us and to understand how it works in the context of relationship. Marianne, tell us what does temperament mean? Give us a definition here. Okay, so I will say temperament, as Abuna said, is not personality. Uh, it's a combination of your mental, physical, emotional traits. And the way I like to remember it, your natural predisposition. So it's something that you were born with. Uh, and we have a lot of different debates about, well, your you change. So your personality definitely changes, but your temperament does not. Um, so for example, our daughter Lizzie is a red, which we'll talk about later. She's, she's very strong and decisive. She knows what she wants and she's very extroverted. But when she was younger, in, uh, as a toddler, she didn't speak at all. Michael was her translator. So if there was a babysitter, she would whisper to the babysitter, I want a cucumber. So Michael would have to tell the babysitter, can you get my sister a cucumber? She didn't say a word, but it's not she that... She spoke to us, but she didn't speak to others. Yeah. Okay? Not that she didn't speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She didn't speak to like her teachers, her babysitters. And the reason was she wanted control. And for a two-year-old, she didn't have that control. So, so we can say she's changed. Now she's very talkative, but her temperament has stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to add to that. We have a quote here from the author of that book. I said this, you heard that. And she says, temperament is your innate wiring from God. That's the key phrase. Your innate wiring from God, what you're naturally disposed to. Like your eye color or fingerprint, it's unchangeable. It's why some people are drawn to the spotlight and stage and others are content with a cubicle in a quiet office. You don't choose who you are and you can't change how you're wired, though many of us try. So think of it this way, okay? Because again, temperament is different than personality. Personality has many different factors. All right, and, and every one of us is unique. But when it comes to your temperament, your temperament explains the difference between what you do and why you do it. Okay, so your personality is kind of what you do and you, each one of us is unique. But the temperament explains the why behind it. The example that I like to give is think of it like cars. Every single person right here, okay, we drive different cars and maybe you have a, you know, a Toyota or a Nissan or a Hyundai or whatever it may be. Every car is unique. But my car, that I've always had ever since, ever since the beginning, I have a Hyundai Sonata. This Hyundai Sonata, it always pulls to the left. It always pulls to the left. No matter what, you get it aligned, it pulls to the left. You don't get it aligned, it pulls even more to the left. It pulls to the left. It always pulls to the left. No matter what, it pulls to the left. Think of the temperament as that pulling to the left. Personality is different. Some, not every Hyundai Sonata pulls to the left, but my Hyundai Sonata does. Your Nissan Maxima might pull to the left. Your Toyota Prius might pull to the left. Your Kia Soul might pull to the left. The temperament is the, 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 is the behavior that you just naturally gravitate towards. Some people are naturally more impulsive than others. Personality is unique, okay? Some may be rich, some may be poor, some may be tall, some may be short. Some may be um, you know, raised this way, some raised, every personality is unique. But there are certain people who naturally are more impulsive across personalities. Certain people are naturally more cautious. Certain people are naturally more controlling. Certain people are naturally more, you know, averse to risk than others. That's what your temperament is. It's like left-handed, right-handed. Some people are just born that way and they're left-handed. Is that saying that every left-handed person in the world is exactly the same? Of course not. They're as unique as, as, as their fingerprint. But it's saying that there's some people who naturally pull in this direction. And this idea of temperament isn't something that Marianne and I made up or even the author of this book, Kathleen Edelman. It goes back thousands of years to a guy named Hippocrates. Y'all heard of Hippocrates? 
All the doctors in the room know Hippocrates. He's the guy who wrote the oath that you all have to take. He came up with this idea. He studied human nature, and he came up with this idea, this theory, that the world boils down to four temperaments. And he gave them these names, sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic, and melancholic. And when I say that your temperament is hardwired, he literally thought it was hardwired. He thought that it was based on a fluid inside you. So he thought that if you cut some people, that's why all these names, these Greek names, these are about like bodily fluids, like phlegm. Okay? So he thought that if you cut people open, that you would find a certain chemical or, or fluid that comes out of them, and that is what determines their, the way they behave and their actions. Now, we're going to move away from these, these names because they're kind of hard. Like, no one likes to say the word phlegmatic and be, I'm a phlegmatic. Like, no one's proud to be a phlegmatic. And what we're going to do is we're going to make it simple and we're going to give them colors. And we're going to say the sanguine is the yellow, the choleric is the red, the phlegmatic is the green, the melancholic is the blue. And, and, and kind of, you can think about it this way, that your temperament colors the way you hear and it colors the way you speak. So we're going to talk about these four temperaments. And I'm telling you, for us together as a married couple, and not even just for us. Okay, well actually when we discovered this book, we actually, uh, like we, I don't even know how we found it. One of us found it and I bought the book or she bought the book and we started discussing it together. We said, this is too good to keep to ourselves. So what we did, so several years ago, we got our staff together with our staff and our spouses and we said, we're gonna study this book together. Okay, not in a work context, but just in like a relationship context. And I'm telling you, it's been transformative for us as a staff. Like you come to our, our weekly staff meeting and you can hear things like, hey, I got this task. Can I borrow your blue brain for a few minutes? I have this task that I need your help with. Or you can hear things like, you know, um, we need to plan this event. Uh, we need some yellow. Bring the yellow in the room. Okay. That's the yellows. Yellow's right on cue. You, you could hear. Is it, are we good? Can you hear me? Here we go. You could hear us talking about these things on a day-to-day -day basis. One time someone told me, okay, in my communication with them, and they said, all these years I've been speaking green to you, and now I realize I need to be speaking red to you. The point is, major breakthroughs are possible when we understand this. And this is context of marriage, context of parenting, context of friendship, context of work. Like if you're in sales, if you're in sales and you try to persuade some of something, understanding these temperaments, like I said, we go to a restaurant and within a minute, the waiter comes, we're like, such a yellow. <laughs> we can figure it out right away. And I'm telling you, it changes the way that you speak to someone. Because as we learn it, you'll see the certain words that each one needs to hear. But the starting point, okay, let's start at the top high level. We're going to go high level over these four temperaments and what they mean. Because what I discovered... We did this, like Danny said earlier, we did this as a series back at the very, very beginning of COVID, okay, back when we were recording from the basement. And the reason why we were doing it at that time is because that was the time, it was like maybe a month or two into COVID, that was when we wanted to kill everyone in our household, if you remember that, okay, right about that time. And I know a lot of people have heard the terms, maybe semi-familiar, and I think that most of us in this room today are, know just enough about these colors to be dangerous, because we think we know what they mean, but the goal of this series is to understand it because the goal isn't just label it. All those reds are like that. All those greens are like that. Let's, so let's try to understand. There's two axes, okay? The top versus the bottom. Let's start with the top axes. The top axes is extrovert versus introvert. Now these are two terms that are very, very commonly misunderstood and people, people define them in different ways. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
let, let me tell you how I, how I define these words, okay? Or how we're going to define it here. It has nothing to do with extroverts like people and introverts hate people. It has nothing to do with extroverts are, are sociable and introverts are awkward. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. What this has to do with is how you process the world. Extroverts tend to process the world externally. Introverts process the world internally. What do I mean by that? Extroverts, the reds and the yellows, tend to speak before they think. <laughs> a lot of laughter, probably from someone sitting next to a red or yellow. <laughs> the blues and the greens tend to do the exact opposite. So you're sitting in a meeting. Once you're in a meeting, especially the yellows, okay, but the reds as well, you know the reds and the yellows in the meeting right away. Today we're gonna to talk about this. I think this. You don't even know what the topic is, but you started already. <laughs> and they are, not in a bad way, but they may interrupt, they may speak their mind. Like you never finish a meeting and you wonder what was the red or the yellow thinking. <laughs> the blues and the greens are the opposite. You may be in a meeting with a blue and a green, or a blue or a green, and you may discuss this whole thing, nobody said anything, and you finish the meeting, you're like, oh, that's great. And you would say, you know what, I'm glad you agreed. And the blue or the green would say, I disagreed with everything that you said. But you didn't say anything. And the blue or the green, blue or greens, you didn't say anything in the meeting. Why didn't you say anything? Your response would be, nobody asked me. Nobody asked my opinion. Yellows and reds, nobody has to ask us our opinion. <laughs> people who don't want our people might ask not our opinion. We're going to give them our opinion because that's how we process the world. So it's not about like people, dislike people, rude, or, or nice people, or anything like that. It's about how you process the world. Now, the, the, the other axis is people versus task. People-oriented versus task-oriented. So the yellows and the greens are people-oriented. The reds and the blues are task-oriented. So again, right off the bat, you can have, like a red is an extrovert who is task-oriented, not people-oriented. A green is an introvert who's people-oriented. Meaning, what do you tend to focus on? Like Marianne is a green, she's typical green. She's all green. She's like green, 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 green. <laughs> so Marianne is a very introvert, processed the world internally, but she loves people much more than me. I'm a red. I'm actually an extrovert and I'm ah, but I'm much more task-oriented than I am people-oriented. But the difference is maybe she likes smaller settings, one-on-one -on -one settings, okay, intimate conversation, where maybe I like, you know, you know, I could stand up on stage and talk. I could talk at people forever, okay? Easier for me, people don't believe this, but it's easier for me to talk to a thousand people than to talk to one person one-on-one. -on -one. Can you believe that? But reds get it, okay? Reds get it. So, oh, what I wrote down here is you can tell people-oriented versus task-oriented you got a week off from work, or you got a snow day, or whatever it may be, and you just have four or five days off in a row. Task-oriented people, how are they gonna approach the week? Oh, this is great. We're gonna clean out the crawl space. We're gonna organize the garage. We're gonna, like, we're gonna do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do. People-oriented, the yellows and the, and the greens are gonna think what? Woo! We're not doing anything this week. We're gonna call so-and-so, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna enjoy our time, like invite someone over, like whatever it is, right? That's the extrovert versus the introvert, the people versus the task. Marianne, each of these boxes, each of these colors speaks their own language. Tell us about the languages they speak. Yes, so yellow speaks the language of fun and people. So if they had a logo, it would be a pom-pom. 
Um, they're always happy, always excited. What are we doing now? Um, they like to use a lot of emojis, exclamation marks. So exclamation mark will tell you. Lots of... <laughs> and those emojis. <laughs> lots of fun. They're super fun uh, people. Uh, the red are... They speak the language of power, of control. Um, so your reds, I like to think of them as a bulldozer. Like they're just going, going in a good way. Like good bold. A good bulldozer. <laughs> because because they're building the world. <laughs> they're building the world that makes them very good. We need them. Um, uh, they're confident. They're decisive. Um, you feel honestly, Abuna's a red. And I always feel like I'm in really good hands. Like I always feel like, I always tell him, my brain just shuts down when he's there because I don't have to worry. I don't have to remember where I parked. I don't have to, like he's going to take care of everything. Um, they're, they're very um, decisive and bold. Um, so power and control is the reds. The blue, um, their language is perfection and order. So they like um, details. They're super... A thoughtful, they're very, com very, very, very compassionate, um, sensitive. But because they're sensitive, the flip side is perhaps we ca they can get offended. Um, but they're very, very, very uh, thorough. Um, if you're on a team, you probably definitely want to have a blue on your team because they'll say, well, did you think about this? Well, what about this? They'll think about all the different options to make sure that we're covered. Um, uh, and they are going to be your ally for life. They're, you, they, it may be hard for them to initially open up, but once you are friends with a, a blue, they're going to be the most trustworthy ally that you have. Um, the greens are easygoing, um, uh, super patient. What we like to say, because in our home, me and Michael are the greens, whatever. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal is kind of comes out of our mouth a lot. We really like um, to relax. Uh, uh, Michael was right before we left uh, for vacation a couple years ago. Someone asked him, "What are you guys going to do on vacation?" And Michael said, "Whatever Dad and Lizzie decide." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so just super laid back. So l let's give you like an example. So let's say these four people: a red, a yellow, a green, and a blue are going out to dinner. Okay, so Marianne, if, if I come to you and you're a green and I say, where should we go for dinner? You'd say what? Whatever you want. And I'd say, well, what do you want? Say, it doesn't really matter. You pick. <laughs> <laughs> because a green, as, as long as everyone's happy, like, they don't really care where it may be. What might a blue say? We say, we should go to this restaurant. A blue would say what? Did you check the ratings? Let's check the ratings. Okay, let's check the reviews. And I heard that this place doesn't use gloves and the whatever it may be, or this bathroom's not as clean, and the blue, and where are we gonna park if we go there? So the blue will have thought through all the details. A yellow? I don't care where we're going, but who are we inviting? There's a guy in the street. Hey, you wanna come to dinner with us? Like, that's a yellow, they don't care. And a red? A red's gonna say, nope, we're gonna go to this place because there's a gas station on the way, we need gas, this is the most efficient, that's the best parking, has the, like, this is the, red's just gonna kinda, bulldoze in a good way <laughs> their way through the conversation. Now, the point here is, are there only four kinds of people in the world? No, absolutely not. That would be way overgeneralizing. But there are these four, remember I said the car that pulls to the left? Is that some people pull towards red, power and control, in a nice way. Some people pull towards yellow, 
people and fun. Some pull peace and harmony. Some pull perfection and order. And they can be as diverse as there is diversity, but everyone naturally pulls in a certain direction. That doesn't mean that, that, that doesn't mean that the power and control guy has always going to have bad manners, that he can never be peace and harmony. That doesn't mean that the peace and harmony can never make a decision. Like it doesn't mean that, that they can't be in those different areas. And in fact, like for example, I'm a red, but I'm a red with a secondary of a blue. I lean blue, which is very different than a red who leans towards the yellow. Very different. Okay. So even it's not just like what you are, but like you may lean this way or may lean this way in different directions. And we're going to help you to figure out what that is. I'm going to show you a short video right now that gives you like an overview. Oh yeah. I should have told you guys if we could yeah, make sure the sound is on. We're going to watch a, a short video right now, which helps you understand visually the difference between these four colors. All right. So here we go. thinks they know what their color is after, after all we've talked about so far. You can start to see, right? You can start to see what it is. Well, we're going to give, make it, give you a chance to take a quiz, okay, an online, a free quiz. It'll take you 10 minutes to do it. At the end, I'm going to show you a link where you can take that online quiz to see exactly what you are. But my guess, after listening to us, after watching the video, you can probably predict what you might be, and you can probably predict the person sitting next to you, what they might be, and that guy at the water cooler, what he probably is, whatever it may be. The point here, okay, our, our main point, if I had to kind of, kind of boil it all down to, is when we talk about these four temperaments, the idea is that there's four different normals that exist out there. So the person who's the blue, they are naturally wired to be cautious. They're not crazy. They're not uptight. They're not over the top. That's how they're wired. They naturally think in terms of safety and caution. Same with the red. The red is not a mean and a bulldozer, okay? The red is naturally wired that way. And when he understands that, when you, and, and when, when, when the people around him understand that or understand that in her, okay, then you could take advantage of it. There's four normals out there. What we're going to do today is just scratching the surface. That's all we're doing today. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the words that you need to hear for all the different languages. 
And then we're going to talk about how to appreciate the differences. And we're also going to talk about how each color handles conflict and pressure. You don't want to miss that one. And then the final week, we have a special treat for you. We're going to do a panel up here on stage, and we're going to bring four people. Okay, not myself. I will be just the moderator of the panel. Representing the four different colors, and you're going to get a chance to ask the questions. So you're going to get a chance to set the tone, set the agenda for that. And you can email questions at questions at stsa.church. You set the agenda for week four in this series. But for today, I want to wrap up here by giving you a verse, okay, and a quote from a church father to help you understand why this is so important. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Again, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows well. You know, if you want to get to know an artist and learn about the lifestyle of an artist and the mind of an artist, what do you study? His artwork. Like, I can't go back and talk to Mr. Da Vinci anymore. I can't go back and have coffee with Mr. Michelangelo. But when you study their artwork, especially their masterpiece, you can learn a lot about the artist from it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, the same is true when it comes to God. The reason why it's important to understand ourselves is not, 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 not just like, yeah, it's fun and it's joking and it's whatever, but the more we understand ourselves and the more we understand how God created us, the more we understand the creation, the more we understand the creator. And that's actually the quote I want to show you from St. Augustine. He says this. He says, how can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? Each one of us is the workmanship of God. Each one of us is made that way for a purpose. It's time for us to understand it, to stop trying to change who God made us to be. Like if I'm left-handed, maybe, you know, past generations, okay, the, the, the certain cultures, if a kid was left-handed, the parents tried to force them to be right-handed because left-handed was a shame or left-handed was somehow seen bad. It's time for us to stop forcing ourselves. Like if I'm green, be green and be proud. If I'm blue, if I'm yellow, if I'm red, don't try to change who God made you to be. Embrace it and understand it and then try to understand those around you so that we can maximize our ability to communicate with one another. So that's what this series is all about. But I want to give you, before we go, I want to give you three warnings. Okay, three warnings before we go any further. Warning number one, no temperament is better than another. No temperament is better than another. If you disagree with that, you're probably a red. <laughs> no doubt about it, okay? But reds, I just have to say it because it's in the notes, but we know the truth, okay? I'm just joking, okay? <laughs> no temperament is better than another. All temperaments can be good leaders. All temperaments can be funny. All temperaments can be outgoing. All temperaments can, 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 be, uh, can, can make good decisions. Every temperament, but it's just, it's just like left-handed, right-handed. Everyone can learn how to write with the right hand or left hand. But for others, it's, some it's natural, some it takes a little bit more work. Every temperament, no temperament is better than another. That's the starting one. Number two, no two people are the same. Again, even within the same temperament, no two people are the same. Just like no two cars, the pull, any car that pulls to the left is not the same. They're very unique and they look different, different colors, different shape, different model, different make. They died on the spot, okay? But that doesn't mean that, that, that the temperament doesn't mean that we're all the same. And then number three, this is the important one, very important one. Understanding your behavior doesn't justify your behavior. Understanding 
doesn't justify. So now I understand why I lose my temper. It doesn't justify me losing my temper. I understand why I don't want to work hard. It doesn't justify me not working hard. I understand why I don't want to close the door to my room and pray to my father in the secret place. But it doesn't give me a pass in terms of doing it. Every one of us, every one of us has an area where we're strong and an area where we're weak. And the goal of this exercise, the worst thing that you can do is take what I'm saying here today and say, Psh. Father Anthony said, impatient, I'm impatient, Psh. I'm good. I can just be as impatient as I want to be because I'm the red guy who's stomping on the little green circle, okay? I'm the, I'm the red square guy, okay? That's not, that's not the way we're approaching it. St. Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. And I want you to say that, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So like I said, I'm red who leans towards blue. So me, naturally, I have a tendency to be very perfectionist. By the grace of God, that's how God made me. I have a tendency to be very um, uh, impatient. I call it punctual, you call it impatient. It's the same thing, okay? I, that's my tendency, but that doesn't justify me losing my cool. That doesn't justify me putting pressure on people around me to be perfectionist just because I'm perfectionist. Okay, like I said, you're green and you may, by natural, you don't feel the pressure, so you wait to the last minute, but that doesn't justify it. We understand by the grace of God, I am what I am. But now look what he says in the next part of the verse. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Each one of us needs to say that. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm a red. And I'm red and I'm proud and I'll be red to the day I die. But that doesn't stop me from laboring more abundantly than they all. That I, I revel in the strengths of the red, but I have to work on the weaknesses of the red. Each one of us has to have that same mentality. That's the way that we're going to get to the point where we not only understand ourselves, we understand others and we're able to communicate more effectively, okay? So that's where we're going in this series. You excited about this series? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna show you right here on the screen. It says temperamentquiz.com. Okay, you might wanna take a picture of this or you can remember it, but the important thing is you need to know the colors with the Greek names because the, the test is not gonna tell you the red, the yellow, the blue, and the green. It's gonna tell you the Greek names. You're this much sanguine, or you're this much melancholic, or you're this much whatever it may be. But then we're just going to talk about colors, because again, no one wants to talk about these things. So you can take a picture of this. It's also in your handout. Take the quiz sometime today or tomorrow, whenever it is, and make sure that you come back next week, because next week we're going to look at the words that we need to hear in these different colors. So what the reds need to hear, what the blues need to hear, et cetera, et cetera. And we're also going to talk about how each color deals with pressure and stress because that's where the weakness of each one comes out, okay? So I'm excited about that. Marianne, thank you so much for joining. Did she do a good job? Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Should we invite her back next week? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Since you did a good job, didn't embarrass me too much, we're gonna invite Marianne back next week. And the third week, we actually might invite two other members of our household up here on stage. We're negotiating with the little messes, okay? because they did this with me before, but before it was just in the basement. So, my, so we're going to try to bring them up here because they have unique experiences to share as well. But bottom line, the more we understand ourselves, the more we can communicate with those who are around us as we understand ourselves and understand one another. So I hope you guys are excited as I am. Let's stand up and say a prayer together. <clears throat> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that each one of us is uniquely made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by your divine and perfect hands. The same hands, Lord, that, 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 that touched the, the blind and gave sight. Same hands that formed Adam out of dirt. Same hands that formed us. We pray, Lord, that during this series, you'd help us to understand ourselves and understand those who are around us, that we can communicate more effectively and communicate in a way, Lord, that, that honors you and brings the best out of ourselves and the best out of those around us. We pray these things in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, with the prayers and intercessions of all your saints. Lord, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We hope today's message inspires you in your faith journey. And at the end of this episode, we invite you to take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel.